This is Jeff Combs. You're listening to Nightmare Junket. Get a job at a sideshow, man. of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast or a podcast that knows it is well beyond its time to drive fast and leave behind a young and good-looking corpse my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we're heading to the highway as we kick off a month of killer car carnage and we start by talking the 1977 classic the car I was going to say good restraint, but yeah, drink every time we do that. (laughs) Now, whether you've had a self-portrait painted on velvet or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your cat poo hole. (laughs) And of course, uh, you can find us cuddling out on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and honk if you're horny shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, August 5th, if you live in the Kansas City area, just go to screenland.com where they will have your honking shenanigans taken care of indoors outdoors and virtually <laughs> and on the friday this episode is releasing Ooh, get your laughs out now folks oh. unless you're monsters like me <laughs> present company included i don't know anyone that could possibly laugh during the ending of the movie we'll be taking in <laughs> don't get me wrong it's not like ha 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 laugh you know, it's like, ho, 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 ho. that's got a hoit type you're, laugh. You're uncomfortable. Yes. And you're reacting. But, <laughs> whether- I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think it is one of the best endings of a horror movie in the 21st century. And we will be taking in The Mist, but in its black and white version. Shiny and chrome. Slimy and chrome. <laughs> and it does beg the difference, because I have been lucky enough to see it in that version, but not up on the big screen. I am a uh, proponent for some movies to be released on black and white on the big screen. Mm-hmm. I think when it's on the big screen, it enhances. Mm-hmm. When it's shown black and white on TV, a lot of times it can detour. Even if you have, like... The ones with all the bells and whistles and shit. I think, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at the black and white version on the big screen. Yeah, it's definitely a time to check it out. But then the following the Friday, missed. our Friday night fright is going to be a first timer, I believe, for both of us. Mm-hmm. I know Keanu did a remake of the film that Eli Roth was. I don't remember if he directed it or is that produced the knock, it. Knock one. Yes. This is the OG that it is a remake of. We're going to be taking in, I believe it is from 1977, Death Games. So, I can't even have seen that. All I know is it has the um, Clint Eastwood's ex-wife and Colleen Camp. Ooh. Yes, early days. So, if you are fans of Clue, 
come on out. You will not that or the police academy, of course. Mm-hmm. You will not be disappointed. But no, I'm really, really looking forward to that. Now, the other repertory screenings that are going on on August fifth are actually all kind of one is perfect for someone here potentially. I know that during that weekend they're going to be showing Sylvester Stallone's First Blood, Ooh. which if you have not Good watched that, yeah, it is you forget you yeah. that first one. It is nothing like any of the sequels. It is a very serious character piece on America's treatment of vets coming back from the Vietnam War. But it's still fairly violent. Oh, it's and well, it's, it's... But it's a crowd pleaser? Surprisingly low body count. Mm-hmm. And it does have Stallone given this crazy intense monologue at the very end that some people mock, but those are not mm-hmm. the kind of people I associate with. No. Now, of course, also from the year of 1982, because that was released in 82, celebrating the summer of those releases, a film that I know you haven't seen because of your relationship with the original, Mm -hmm. but come on out if you want to be a cool writer and see who's that guy, Grease 2. So I have seen the the, uh, cool writer video, and I am intrigued, but yet again, my... um, Disdain. You have a bad relationship oh, with Greece. I hate Greece. I hate Greece. And the th- and the worst part it is, it's growing up a theater kid. If you said like, "Oh, I hate Greece," it's like <gasps> it's almost like, "Oh, I hate Ares." Did you have a scar- <gasps> you had a scarlet G on you? Exactly. It's not like my scarlet A. So like, and then it's not even to be like contrary. Is I don't dig it you know but like oh how can you hate grease yet you like the music man and shit like that and i'm like i just don't like grease i think it's stupid i i I would welcome you to check it out because it definitely is similar to it Mm -hmm. but the music i think is superior it has michelle pfeiffer and i don't want to be it creeps the nostalgia here but i guarantee you she was one of my first crushes from that film and my constant viewings on HBO growing up. Well, she's always fucking gorgeous. She's Michelle Pfeiffer, but long, staying on the creeps and nostalgia train in a roundabout <laughs> way, um, is it as creepy as Grease 1? Because that's one of my major beefs. Grease 1 is fucking creepy. So, yeah, well, they're, they have that overall rapey kind of feel, that very aggressive. Yeah. And it's no different. There's actually a, fil- a song called Let's Do It For Our Country, where the guy is trying to coerce his girlfriend into having sex because he wants her to believe the the bombs are dropping. See, I don't know. I'm all for like boner jam musicals, right? But at the same time, like, well, just, here, let, forty years ago, another time, another place. You've been warned. That's true. But some of us grew up with it, and some of us feel that it is the superior version. I am one of those, so I'm down to check it out. I'm before I'm not gonna bombast part two before I see it. It may not be your flavor, so we'll see. We'll see. Now of course those are going on indoors on Saturday the sixth, outdoors, a film that I've never seen. I know it's beloved because it spawned a franchise, but the OG Shrek. Fucking Shrek is rad, dude. Oh, I wow. saw <laughs> I saw Shrek. I did not expect that reaction. All all the Shreks and the spinoffs in the fucking theater opening weekend, dude. Shrek one is funny as shit. And it is adult as fuck. It is it is hilarious. <laughs> and then um it just gets goofier as it goes along. I like part two too, but um Shrek is dope. That'll do, Donkey. That'll do. And that's just it. I could. I've seen my way through. I think the entire. 
franchise, even going to the uh, like the the Puss in Boots and what have you, like with Oosh Antonio <laughs> I saw that in the theater too, and you know what? I'm planning on seeing the remake of it here pretty soon in the theater. Well, you never know that you, you might see Genius Outdoors at that particular think, screening. Think about it, man. When that first movie came out, I wasn't the same cat lover as I was now, but now, Uish Antonio Banderas as a gato. It's great. It's great. You've taken a journey mm-hmm. from that first showing to now. I love it. I love it. Now, if you would like to take a journey with Screenland, but you don't live in the Kansas City area, there's a couple of ways that journey can lead you to supporting them. Uh, of course, you can go to ScreenlandOnline.com, where they have a number of films that you can rent from them directly. Or even better, become a member of their film family by going to Patreon.com Screenland, where amongst the many perks, we provide a little watch party called the Shutter Shoutout. <laughs> and, oh my goodness. Our next one will be coming out on uh, August 27th. We always do them on the last Saturday of the month. And this is one, since the films were streaming, I was immediately like, we've got to delve into both of these. And when you're like, hey, let's do that, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do that. Sounds rad. So August is our... Alligator August. As we're going to be taking in Alligator and Alligator 2, The Mutation. Mutation. I can't wait. I have never seen part two. Neither have I. But... Part you? one, fucking when I saw part one yes. for the fir- for yes, the yes, first yes. time, fucking that movie is grand. It's got it's a great creature feature. It's got uh, f- it's funny as shit. It has some of your favorite character actors. <laughs> it's got fucking Henry Silva making uh, mating call noises. And more importantly, you have Robert Forrester being very sensitive about his hair loss. Very sensitive. And just everybody in town (laughs) just giving him so much shit. (laughs) Now, of course, both of those are streaming on Shudder. But by joining the film family, you're going to have access to what genius? What do you call this? The home game. Because we're going to be providing a customized pre-show introduction where Genius and I give a little uh, context to the films customized trailers for each of them and of course the post-film discussion where we are usually processing both of the films that we are taking in i'm looking forward i want to see what mutation happens to the alligator especially after the walk the plank scene in the first one (laughs) let's just say stephen king approved very stephen king approved (laughs) uh but genius if i am talking patreon and i'm talking film family the bellies we also have our own little film family gathering on patreon and in fact we got a brand new film family member, Genius, mm-hmm. and he is no strange to us. In fact, if you would like and become a member here, uh, if you're either with Screenland or us, the last Shutter shout-out we put together, we were joined by a very special guest. A very, very special guest. It was like, if this was a video podcast, it would have that like rainbow star at the beginning, like a very special episode. <laughs> so we would like to get a shout-out to uh, Luke Boyce, who... Number one, the director of the Revealer, mm-hmm. which is now currently streaming on Shutter. I, I think that's. A, I think there's no the. I think it's Revealer. It's Revealer. I think it's like the Blade. As it is, as it is, but he was kind enough to join us and talk both Revealer and even better demons. I know, and that was a rad discussion. And like, it's even better when pallies are. 
not only fucking rad, but super fucking talented because Revealer is dope. Well, it was really funny is after the conversation, he was like, hey, I just joined the the, the, the club. I was like, like, get the fuck Aww. out of town. Oh, thank you. So please check out the film because it's freaking awesome. And also mm-hmm. check out him and um, a lot of the cast and crew have been making the rounds on podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, various YouTube channels. So it's wonderful to see. And people are digging the movie, as, which is as, the best as, part. As, as just fully right, so. And then also, there is going to be extended universes that uh, via comics. Yes, which is appropriate. So please pick that up where you can. And of course, if you would like us to wax your car a little or give you a shout out, it's very simple. Just go to Patreon.com/slash Nightmare Junkhead, where we have every tier. I'm going to give them all love. The Squidly Diddly, the I've seen that, and another time, another place. Luke, you're fucking rad. He is, man. And I've. It's so cool to be able to experience the success of others from afar that mm-hmm. we've had a chance to interact with, which is one of the main things that I've genuinely appreciated out of this podcast, mm-hmm. but also is to extend the film family, but my family members, literally. And I realized as we were going to do a whole month of killer cars to get us set up on this road trip, it would be one thing if it was just you and I going along. But I realized we you needed... Need goof crew. The, yes, the goof crew as established in our Burbs commentary, which Luke can check out uh, at his tier. Uh, and it's someone that is familiar with us. It is someone that I have road tripped with, mm-hmm. which means he's seen my true introversion face. <laughs> You know him. (laughs) You know him as the co-host of the Media Rewind podcast. Please welcome back to Nightmare Junkhead, Dustin Pryor. Uh, How are you doing? Pants. Pants. Still the uh, the the single best Mad Lib I've ever heard. Hey, give me a noun. Um, Pants. Pants. I don't want to play. Okay, <laughs> I I don't know. I'm sure we've talked about it at one point, but we were road tripping up to Horror Hound in Chicago. Genius and Dustin are both v- pretty extroverted. They are people that don't mind talking, engaging. You like to be engaged. Mm-hmm. I, on the other hand, as we all know, very much an introvert. But if anyone's ever seen us out and about when we're hosting, it's you know it right. seems like I'm, when I'm on a road trip, man, like you. My head is out. I'm just looking out the window, in my own head, and you oh, guys. World. And like, like you should see, like, like Dido would be playing, <laughs> and my tears don't come. We wonder or why. Like, <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> I wanted that. And like it would be like rain with my misting on the window. You can see it absolutely yeah. from the time I was riding the bus. To when I was road tripping in my skating days, I was not the talker. I just assumed you guys would keep yourselves entertained. And when you all were trying to engage with me, I was like, I was like, uh, the when I was when Pee Wee is cornered, is <laughs> <laughs> I felt that way. So I was like, pants, just to be as disinterested, but not to be like a total dick. Because I think this was the first time we were actually. It went was. On yeah, it was, it was the, the first, first like, road trip. Road trip. Road trip. Well, I, I felt bad too because, like, I'm always one of those people. Like, like genius will just talk and talk and talk. Yeah, no, no big deal. I mean, but I'm not as, saying as that in a, a bad co- way. As a co-pilot should but, to keep the driver engaged. But when I'm driving, I always want to make sure everybody's okay. You know, is sure. the air conditioning right. good? Are you too cold? Too hot? Kind of deal. And I can't. I almost felt bad because Greg was so quiet. I'm like, Greg, are you okay? You, yeah, I'm fine. 
because here's are the you thing. dead? I'm fine. Because like, <laughs> and I think we can tell this story because most parties involved probably don't fucking listen to this show. But one of the road trips that we had when we were younger with one of our friends, they they didn't say dick the entire thing. Turns out they were pissed as fuck. Yeah. So maybe that, maybe so, that's like the like a Pavlovian experience that I have. So we're like, okay, shit. Sounds like somebody's not having a good time. <laughs> we got Mad Libs. We're going to be on the road we for about nuts, five Mad more Libs, hours. Mountain Dew. Next pee break ain't for at least another hour. So needless to say, I got out of my shell. <laughs> because then, you know what it was? Because we were going to try to record some stuff for content. Mm-hmm. So, of course, content. I'll, yeah, I'll gladly right. do it for that. But, like, when I'm on my own, when I need to recharge, I'm like, no, just let me throw on a podcast. I'll be fine. It's like, and I was, I was I'm not going to say I was upset at listening to music, but... I hardly listen to music anymore. It's all podcasts. I'm like, God damn it. And, and it's all that, good stuff, too. Like you guys are bobbing up and singing around <laughs> and shit. But I'm glad, though, that I'm, I love you guys enough to that, like, let my, that true face show, like, this is me without <laughs> right? makeup. Like, it was, a, we're your test to Midian. Yeah. Well, this is, <laughs> that's how the, the silent one of the goof crew, <laughs> you got to have that person that's just like, huh? Well, because that's the one. Was that the trip where we saw the alien or was that the trip where we saw the poon tune? The poon tune was on the way to Otumwa. Okay. Like three years ago. So then I that was say. the one where we saw the, uh, the, the, alien. Or the space poo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Out in the middle of nowhere. And right. Everyone's like, did you all see that? Yup. Yep, yeah. We were like in the going. middle of nowhere, Iowa, which yeah. makes it even creepier because all kinds of crazy shit happens in the middle of nowhere, Iowa. Big streak of green just straight down. Funk. And like part of me wanted to go, let's go check it out, but then part of wrong. me was like, nope, wrong, no, no, no. Because you live your life, genius McGee, as if you were in a horror film. Plus, plus we're in the middle of Iowa. I mean, no offense to our Iowa listeners, but like in the middle of Iowa, in the middle of the night. First of all, there's a lot of murder barns from KC to Iowa. It's the same reason why we'll never stop at some defunct gas station in Texas. Right there, you go. right there, you go. You've learned. <laughs> well, it's a, pr- and I want to stay then on that kind of idea of barren and being isolated because the entirety of this month we are indeed engaging in killer car chaos and what we always like to do when we go into these themed month months are to establish um criteria Mm -hmm. just in terms of like themes that we're going to look for throughout the films that we're looking at we got to kick the tires check the chassis (laughs) all that good stuff so when it comes down to killer cars like even just looking at the phrase itself what does it bring to mind? Driverless. Okay. Like, okay. Supernatural element? If somebody's behind the wheel, that's not necessarily the car that's evil. It's not the car that's a killer. You know? No it's, such thing as a bad car is a bad, just a bad exactly. driver. Exactly. Now, if the car. Well, I don't does, know, man. The gremlin does explode. It's, <laughs> it's kind of a bad car. Tr- trust me. I know. I backed one into a trailer. thank god it didn't and it's true story when i was like five years old my mother left it in in drive parked at my grandmother's i was in the driver of the passenger side seat i hop into the driver's side seat and i distinctly remember imagine it being the batmobile and i went to activate whatever i could with this the ship put it in reverse (laughs) my mom comes out clacking at her high heels running along the side going greg jump out couldn't back into the hill boom da, 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 da. then ended up over my dad's knee with a spanking man like it was traumatic uh-uh. so the gremlins i get bad guard I, I, <laughs> I got that it was like i got <laughs> so 
So we are establishing then supernatural is preferred. Right. But well, are you okay with someone behind the wheel? Well, see, now, okay, I don't think it would be a killer car if it's like... Manned or womaned. Right, unless that's their modus of apparandus. If they use, for example, stuntman Mike. Okay. In lieu of then a knife, a chainsaw, a machete, if they're utilizing it as their main weapon and their only weapon. That is fair. I like that. Okay. But other than that, some supernatural shenanigans. And again, the car has to be the majority main weapon of the chaos. Because like let's there there's murder and mayhem in um uh um all sorts of different movies, but it's just a scene here too of them behind the car. Like in Santa Slay, he kills somebody behind the wheel. I wouldn't call that a killer car. That's but fair. that being said, I don't know if I would call um, Death Race two thousand because a killer car movie. But actually, thinking Whoa, about it, I'm, I'm, I, I'm I, I, I might. There. <laughs> I might. I might. Yeah, that's, I'd, I'd say that's a killer, especially the OG one, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of death and carnage done by the main car. So, supernatural. That's preferred. Preferred. If not, the main weapon has to be cars. I would like to add then there needs to be kind of at least one of the set pieces contains some sort of chase or pursuit where the danger level is high because I think one of the also the important contributions here is everything is practical. Mm -hmm. These are all real cars. There are no ones and zeros involved which means we're going to be looking primarily in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, back in the day. There has to be an explosion. Okay, I like that. Does the explo- Does the size of the explosion matter? A car has to explode in okay, a killer car Okay, a car has movie. to explode. I like a that. A car has to explode in a killer car. Either uh, the hero's car, <laughs> a victim car, or the villain car. But a car explosion. But a car explosion. I am good with that. I am good with that. Anything else that we should add to that list? Mm, I don't know. What do you think? I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Now, I would like to also go into car culture. And I don't want to sound as this pejorative term, but I've always heard the term gearheads for people that are really into cars. But see, I'd almost... I'm not a gearhead at all. I mean, in fact, it took me a couple of months before I found out where to put the fucking gas. But <laughs> that being said, from what I've noticed and what I've seen, there's even different types of gearheads and gear cultures because then you have people who like to work on cars exclusively and that's their thing in mechanic. But then some people who like the look and the design of the cars and then some people who like the rockabilly style of cars sure. and then that whole aesthetic you know there's so, genres within genres within genres for example like you could be a gearhead and not necessarily like the fast and the furious movies mm-hmm. but if yeah. you're if you're a guy that likes tuners you know you're gonna like the hondas the acuras the toyotas but you're not gonna like the chevelles the gtos and stuff like that yeah and the, like gone in 60 seconds you know ooh, like oh man i need to get my hands on eleanor see i liked i i think some of those cars are beautiful but like if you ask me to repair one i wouldn't know what the fuck to do you know well, i you know, know enough or, to get me in trouble that, or like yes. for example or even I'll, I'll do you one better like let's say for example i got involved in hit and run i got pulled over or, and this is a hypothetical well what the car looked like blue how many doors did it have at yes. least one <laughs> you know <laughs> what was the license plate on the back you know so like i couldn't tell you what from what i mean 
Well, there are people though that will m- define their very existence by like by oh, cars. How and many what they times drive. have you seen people like that will drive around with a little Calvin sticker pissing on a Ford logo? Oh yes, you know. So and oh, then, then everything then you get into else the subgenre of truck nuts, right? Then you get <laughs> Ford versus Chevy, and then you get all that stuff. So no, I mean, as long as my car isn't sentient, and as long as it's working and gets me from A to B, I'm cool. That's just it. I am one of those people that my personality isn't in my car as long as it's functional Ooh, i don't need Tucker the fashionable magazine. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that being said though there are a number of films from back in the day that i remember standing out and i'm being very interested in based on the car scenes i i think i identified and realized that there was a danger element to those chase scenes and there was something exciting especially mm-hmm. the, the way they were shot and going back to stuff like the French Connection. Oh yeah, um, and I just watched Bullet for the first time. Oh, oh man, it's such a great film. So, I've seen this s- several times through that chasing. I'm like, I go, oh shit, because real people are driving real cars, real dangerously. And this is in the infancy of like stuntman, like insurance and <laughs> and and rules and regulations. Well, let's <laughs> let's make it even let's make it even worse. Let's go back in time and go across the uh, the ocean to uh, Mad Max. Oh yeah, yeah. Some yeah. of the shit in Mad Max, some of those crashes are fucking real. And what are we? The only thing safety precautions was cardboard, cardboard boxes, boxes and some hay. You know, that's that's it. It's only hay, hay, hay. And the best part, though, is that's almost like <laughs> Osploitation killer car flick. Right. Like, you could almost call it killer car adjacent in a way, but it's resolved, everything is revolves around the car culture. I think one of the scary things about whole killer cars and why there's a whole subgenre of killer cars is because ever since they've become around, we've been so dependent mm-hmm. on cars, mm-hmm. you know? It, it's, it's always like, now look at all the things that we see, the sci-fi shit that... Nowadays, it's always about the computers that we have turning yeah, against right. us. But we're more dependent on cars now, and especially back in then, the infancy of cars. So that turning against us and killing us is terrifying it's to a lot of people. And I know I always get very good when my car doesn't do what I want it to do. I'm like, oh, fuck, you know? So I could see why this would continue as long as we're dependent on cars, especially nowadays where cars are being driven driving. Right. Right. Can you imagine that? I will never climb into a self-driving car, man. Just the, the autonomy and the, the, the fact that you have to give yourself over to it. No, we've all seen upgrade. Yeah. We know that. Right. Or Thank e- you for e- call- using Johnny, Johnny Cab. Exactly. <laughs> How long do you want to drive? Two weeks. <laughs> well, that's the best no part. Tip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. No, that's just it, though. There's like so many ways to define car culture. There's so many ways to define killer cars. So many ways to define these car movies. This is my killer car. He loves his Reese's, as, as you can, can see. see. But, well, he drives them real weird. Honk, honk. <laughs> uh, have you guys ever seen Vanishing Point? I've seen that. Okay. Know. It's one of Tarantino's like all-time favorites, one that he kind of paid homage to in Death Proof. I did watch Dirty Mary Crazy Larry mm-hmm. for the first time, which features some phenomenal like driving work. But in 1977, you get what is probably the peak of a car culture movie. And that is Hal Needham's Smokey and the Bandit. That movie's rad. Which it might be 
one of the most feel-good, fun movies, mm-hmm. just simply pure 70s charisma with mm-hmm. the cars, with the trucks, with Burt Reynolds. Jackie Gleason. Sally Fields back in the day. Mm-hmm. It just everything works, but it's also... Eat man down, loaded up, and trucking. And, and it has a theme. And especially because then not only was it car culture, but every... Type of you because then you had motorcycle culture, then you had oh, all the trucker culture, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, because this is the heyday, this is the time of convoy. So, convoy, break, break, come on in, rubber duck, right? So, CB culture. So, this was not just like car, it was just, just motor vehicles. Well, we could even do motor vehicle mayhem month, motor exploitation, right. It's bizarre, but then again, it just goes to show you how many other films are out there. And the fact, in 1977, there was another film that was released that we watched the trailer for beforehand that I'd never heard of before. It looks wild. It's called Crash. Now, it's not... Not not, not Stump Grinder. Yeah, and not not the one with Sandra Bullock, but no, this one looks crazy. And a lot... Fucking, they should come up with an animal trigger warning for that fucking trailer. Ooh, it's intense. Because the dog is both the victim and the uh, violator. It's it's intense. There's now, there's a Roger, a bunch of Roger Corman films oh, yeah. that fit that, uh, including one starring Ron Howard called Eat My Dust. I believe he's also responsible, no, 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 the OG Gone in 60 Seconds, is that is that Michael Kine? I you did Michael Kine. I think Michael. Oh God. Okay, so I watched get the OG Get Carter for the first time. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that? No, I'm more familiar with the Stallone version. I don't like the Stallone. Version. I did like the Stallone, Stallone version. Does the Stallone like... version have him having phone sex with his lady with the with the lady in front of him? I don't believe so. I don't know. Okay, well I know Doing why they the... cut that out what of that one. Yeah, telephone, Uncle Jungle. Tell me, love, what are you wearing over there? It's uh, it's so. I will, real. I will. I will. It, <laughs> It's crazy. It's just it's just disturbing. But it's there. It's there. But no, I um I takes us all the way into seventy seven, smoking in the bandit, crash, and Fuck, I'll even go uh cannonball run, gumball rally, all those. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Mm-hmm. Wait, was well, that point two less mad? That's more of capers. That's true. That's this true. one the gun uh Cannonball was more like a race. Yeah, but it carried through. It didn't have to be horror. It could be comedies. Wacky races. It could be dramas. Six-pack. Mm-hmm. I mean... With Kenny Rogers? With Kenny Rogers. Hells yeah. Love will turn you around, genius. Mm-hmm. Death Race to, uh, 2000. That's, that's a comedy. But horror that leads comedy. us back into 77 with the car. And I'm just going to tell you this. This film takes two simple things. It takes... The car culture movies that we've talked about, and then simply adds Jaws. Mm-hmm. As if you want to get and boil it down to its essence, the car is Jaws with a car. Mm-hmm. Or it's even a slasher with a car. It's so many different things. Early and late in the late 70s, before slasher movies were really a thing, this is a year before Halloween is released. This is three years, only three years after Black Christmas. So it that hasn't really established itself. It sets up some of those tropes because you can see a lot of slasheristic tendencies that this car has. You can see all the stuff that uh, Spielberg established in Jaws, and this became kind of the blueprint of its Jaws with such and such, almost like mm-hmm. you had like with Die Hard. 
Die Hard on a Plane. Die Hard on a Boat. Die, die Hard in the White House. Die Hard in a Car. <laughs> and that's what you established with Jaws, like Grizzly. Jaws, Jaws with a Bear. bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, prophecy. Jaws, Jaws with a Mutant Bear. bear. Oh. <laughs> Jaws with an Angel. Yeah, for that Christopher but Walken one. You take those two things and combine them unshamelessly and awesomely, and you get this amazing movie. I'll just say it right now. Entertaining is fucking get out. This movie flies by quick. It's mean. Oh it's yeah, it is funny. It's it's. And it's very, very PG. It's very family-friendly. This is 1977 PG, and it's one of the rare PG films that we've covered. But it's violent. It's a lot of, like, implied violence. Yeah, off-screen violence. But yeah. at the same time, you're like, God damn. Well, and then you get you you get non-car violence that you actually get to see. You get to see the human-on-human violence, like the domestic violence that's showcased. But you don't really see car violence. It, well, it's very casual as well, and it should be considered, this is 1977, so consider this another time. Another place. Warning, as it's a little rough to watch because mm-hmm. then... He's but at least part he's not of the team played, at the end. At least he's not played for laughs. No, no. Because, no, no. you know, Thankfully. get back in the house, Harvey. You know? And, well, like, and it could have. Right. It could have. Because it's that time. But it also. But there was also funny parts because it's right. It's right after a guy with the French horn and the middle of the, the, the at the beginning of the morning playing the morning song. Right. It's hilarious, and it knows it's funny, too. And it actually takes the time to invest in some of the characters, but before we get into all that, do you remember your first like interactions with the car? I mean, we're going to start Dustin, because you mentioned- I think it was Channel 62 back when I was a kid, and and it was like I was telling you, we, we watched it at Nerdoween, and I remembered- pieces of it i don't remember the whole movie i don't remember you know what, what everything was about i remember the car and i i just remember sections of it and i was mm-hmm. like they put some really weird commercials in the middle of like like really tense parts of it i'm like what the hell did channel 62 do to me as a child wait a minute so ray adams was interrupting you <laughs> during all this that that's awful right. adams oh. toyota and raytown upside Talk down about in regional. your car <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so Genius, do you remember your first interaction? Um, probably about a couple of months before we did the episode on it. No, actually, we did we episode. No, 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 when we watched it for Nerd of Wink, because yeah. you were like, hey, check it out at the house. I'm like, all right, cool. Because Genius and I, this was one we were late to the game on. It mm-hmm. wasn't within the last two years, because the trailer has always been a mainstay in anything associated with killer cars, be it Maximum Overdrive, um, the Wraith, you know, a number of movies that we've hosted or had things with, we would show it because mm-hmm. the trailer's phenomenal. The trailer's great. It establishes so many things wonderful in the film. Uh, but then I finally got around to, I bought the Blu-ray. I just had it on my, my shelf. And I was like, I, I need to watch this because that Nerdoween, our theme was All Hail Satan. Mm-hmm. And I That's knew right, <laughs> you got to get got to get warmed I gotta up. Get ready, I... but I knew based on reputation that that movie had some sort of association with demons, the devil, Beelzebub, something. something. Even though it was adjacent, so I was like, "I'm gonna vet it." Mm-hmm. And from the opening quote by the founder of the Church of Satan, Anton Lavey, who was a technical advisor on the film, the quote. O great brothers of the night who rideth upon the hot winds of hell, who dwelleth in the devil's lair, move and appear. From the end, 
where an explosion possibly implies the presence of Satan. I Satan, was, Satan's behind the wheel. Jesus built my hot rod, but Satan's the driver. I was Satan re- take the wheel. That makes that Carrie Underwood song really weird now. The baggage you bring, my friend. <laughs> but I was all for it. And in fact, I think I probably texted you immediately and I was like, hey, we you watch watch the movie. Tell me what you think. Cause like and then I was like, uh oh. <laughs> I know that's just a, uh-uh. Is this not gonna fit? Cause is this gonna because if i recall that because there's times where i've been like yeah we should have vetted first and i can't even remember if we were discussing this as a possibility but i remember you had watched it and you're like man let's do it like this movie is great this movie is entertaining as get out it's again it's funny it's quick it's mean and i was like it's pop it's papa thanos well and also then having it kick off nerdoween not knowing how it'll play because it's 1977, mm-hmm. it's a PG film, it's a killer car film, and I don't want to undersell it, but I think it may have been everyone's favorite of the lineup that year, possibly. Possibly. Because it was going up against Evil Speak and Ready or Not, but I know this, film family member, member Lauren bought the Blu-ray the very next day from a first-time <laughs> viewing. So I think based on... The horns mm-hmm. that went through and like all because the other criteria. The whole, thing, the whole thing, the horn came about the call and response of the night. Because like, yes, it did. Yes, no it matter did. what, it's like, all right, ready? Honk, 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 honk. It's almost like the rallying cry. It was. You know that there's something funny, chaotic, carnival. Something <laughs> is going to happen. It's like, oh, it's almost right up there with the purge horn. <laughs> yeah, you know some ill shit's going to go down. Right. Huh. Uh, honestly, if I'm driving down the highway and all of a sudden I'm just putting around in here, honk, 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 just like that, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm getting out of the way. Fucking this car with no handles is going to come and fuck me up. Well, this car, it's a uh, customized 1971 Lincoln Continental Mark III designed, I don't want to necessarily say he's Hollywood royalty, uh, but designed by George Barris. Gong Show? <laughs> not quite the gong show this is uh now that makes me think of the unknown comedian the known no, no comic behind the wheel unk, 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 unk. Uh, no this guy designed a variety of the batmobiles sweet the delorean the monster mobile oh no shit he designed dragula and uh the monster mobile if he designed a cool car in films if that he was if there was i should say this if you saw a cool designed car in a film it was probably his design and make. Ooh. You know, that kind of makes sense because he does kind of look like the Green Hornet's car. Well, and it, it looks menacing. It is. It's a terrifying thing. I was noticing the grill looks like one of those, um, or the whole face of the car, for lack of a better term, because we'll come to later on with the car with an actual face. <laughs> but, like, it looked like one of those Japanese Omi demon masks mm-hmm. with the tusks. That's appropriate. I think that fits with the what is presented because it mm-hmm. does look like something that is quietly menacing. Right. It doesn't look like hey, it's an evil car. It doesn't look like it, Rob Zombie's it, grocery getter. It it's, looks like it's not the Green Goblin truck in Maximum Overdrive. Right. There's some subtlety to it. There's and there's not like chains and skulls and shit no. all over. And it's not even like because another menacing car is uh, Dracula's car in Monster Squad. Mm-hmm. But it's a different type of menacing, this car. I mean, it's, and I think it's the blue blocker windshields. No, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Well, you get like car point of view in this film, 
But from the get-go, and again, one we've seen many times, it was good to watch it with you guys at home because we definitely could comment. And we had several Rick Dalton moments during the credits, including one R.G. Armstrong. It's damn good to see you, Dutch. He is that guy. He's actually the spousal abuser in Uh this film. Mm -hmm. But as you said, he is the he's a general, he's the general and predator. He's also prune face in Dick Tracy. <laughs> now I'm prune free. Hey, no. Now I'm prune face. Take that, Dick Tracy. Now I'm Dick Tracy. Take that, prune face. Now I'm prune Tracy. Take that, Dick face. And that, that was probably more enjoyable than remembering that he was the general from Predator for me. Just because I was like, I, I unapologetically love the Dick Tracy film. I gotta rewatch that. I haven't watched it since I saw it in the theater. Me neither. So I need to rewatch it. I remember William Forsyth terrifying me as Flat Top. Mm-hmm. Him by himself is one thing, but it was a. Did Rob Bottin design the makeup, or was it Rick Baker? Uh, probably the same person yeah, who did to, the Garbage to, Pail Kids. To the, it was scary. To the end of that and like fucking. But one of the best parts of the credits was waiting for the appearance oh wait before we get the and ronnie cox we gotta talk oh i blew it but um (laughs) the 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 with characters two housewives welcome back to the show what kylie richards and the vanilla twist girl and kim richards Mm -hmm. yeah and they and they were all over genre when they were growing up from escape from witch mountain to being Let's see here. We've got then two Carpenter films with Escape, uh, Sultan Precinct 13 and Halloween. And going back again with David Gordon Green, they've really established themselves as if you see them in your movie, you got to be afraid for them. Because they might die horribly. (laughs) And given the nature of the film, even though it's PG rated, again, the violence is very real. And, And people that you don't want to get got, get got. And you're because, like, oh, no, not this person, not 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 the, the love interest, because she's delightful. Oh, well, uh, she was oh, actually... Oh, spoilers for a 40-year-old oh, movie. Oh, no, of course, of course. But she was probably my biggest surprise from the first time watching it to not even now the surprise, but just knowing how much and just how cool she is from her interactions with Papa Thanos to her interaction with the kids. Mm-hmm. She's totally keeping in time with us talking. Oh, never mind. I thought she was initially. <laughs> she might. She might come back on. She she likes to talk sometimes. But you get a wide cast of characters from everyone in the police force to the school because it's very much it's just, it's a small town mm-hmm. where some nothing bad ever happens. They're very isolated, and that's kind of perfect, especially if you're thinking of how this plays off of Jaws. In fact, the beginning of Jaws, what happens? Shark makes its way into Amity. And you get that iconic first kill with the the beautiful girl, you know, mm-hmm. skinny dipping in the in the sea. But well, this one it opens up almost like the shinning, though. Oh, the music, the music! Oh, goodness gracious! So Leonard Rosenman, uh, Rosenman was the composer of this, and Dustin right away was like. Is that what the shining theme? And yeah, it was like the only thing that was different between this and the the shining was like a couple pickup notes. A very similar. And the fact that this came out in '77, I'm not necessarily saying that Wendy Carlos, you know, cribbed a little off of this, but actually, he also was the composer of Star Trek IV: The Voyage Home, 
RoboCop 2. Ah. So very well established. La La Land? Doing very well for himself. But yes, a lot of hints in that. Also, let's face it, a lot of hints to Jaws as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And from the shark making its way into the car... Car coming out of the desert and the just dusk. like ready to fuck shit up. And the, he's like, I'm going to tear up who the first person I see. And lo and behold, it looks like a Mentos commercial. It's got these two like ingenues driving around on a little bicycle. Ank, 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 fucking and just slams one into the wall. It's yeah, it, well, And that was the cool thing about having everything set in the desert, too. Because you have the wake behind the car. It's kind of like oh. the, the, you know, the shark, you know, the mm-hmm. wake behind a shark. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a moment r- during the parade scene where you literally, see, it looks like you just, see, you're seeing the fin of the car behind the tents. It's, it's be- incredible. It's better than seeing that, like an antenna with like a raccoon tail attached to Like it. a dune buggy? <laughs> Come on, man, like my buggy. So, so we... When we watched this during Nerdoween, we had not yet experienced Watch Out, We're Mad. Now, ever since then, we have. So when we see that dune buggy, as if on cue, both of us, which thankfully, again, we're here at home, so we can indulge in that. Right? I mean, I'll bet you anything. Now she's with me. There'll be no trouble. Oh, my good Lord. Uh, going, going back to the original kills here. We get the horrible side swipe, and we see the blood stain. Okay, now, we see the blood stain, but then we see the, the other guy get pushed off the bridge. Now, here's the thing. This is 1970s made-for-TV low-budget. Fuck, that stunt? I that guarantee you they just had a bunch of cardboard boxes down there for him to land on. God, that's was like a Graham long Page drop. The, the, the sunk coordinator on there? It's a long one, and I purposely, that guy does a nice little back into it. Again, that was a professional fall. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm sure most of the, the money went into the cars themselves, but it's impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how you start your movie off. Also, you don't see a lot of the car. You get little bits and flashes, uh, the way it's edited works, but the horn is prominent, and that's the calling of it. It's perfect. Because at first it comes out the... Yeah, from the get-go. Oh, it's... And then the... That's like it's going in for the kill. It's it, it's it's lovely. It is so freaking wonderful. And then you are introduced with our main characters. And this is where you get James, you know, Papa Thanos Brolin, who... Another kind of mainstay in genre from, you know, the Amityville horror. Oh, yeah. He was one of those, like... Always in genre stuff. So action, even his some of his dramatic shit had a like a lot of elements of genre. Acting, <laughs> yes. But I guarantee he was Romans. probably your grandmother or possibly your mother's crush back in the day, depending on your age. He had a magnificent head of hair, and he could rock. He's a, a handsome mustache. dude. Yeah, he yeah, is. he was the that, whole Brolin clan. I mean, look at uh, Josh now. Mm-hmm. He's a dude, handsome he's, dude. He's aged better than his dad at that point, but he establishes. The interplay between mm-hmm. him and his lady friend was it Lori? Uh huh. With Laurel, with Laurel, she Laurel, I think. is with the kung fu grip. Oh well, <laughs> haven't seen a ball grab that great since Tammy and the T Rex. Let's be honest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Lauren was yeah Lauren, but she's funny. She she does imi- she does like impressions, a lot of impressions. And you know what? Going back to kind of her whole thing and the whole town. 
this is a very inclusive and sex positive town because at the beginning when we're introduced to the, like the sheriff's motley crew you got that guy go back to the reservation you da 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 and he goes all right i'll tell you what i'm gonna take one of these bows and arrows and shoot it straight up your ass shoot an arrow <laughs> up your ass right and then again going back to the teachers not only is she like cute and spunky and funny but like when the other teacher like look what i found in uh one of your students. I know she's clutching her pearls. Oh right? my god! And it's a naked picture, right? And she's like, "Oh, that's cute. Must be, must be Timmy Doyle, or maybe that's why we get all confused. That's why she, um, Kylie Richards is in this school. Maybe it's Tommy Doyle. He always gets the measurements wrong. Well, don't you think it's unnatural for a thirteen-year-old boy to be drawing naked pictures of his teacher? I'm like, no. no. I think that's all natural as can be. And so I'm like, good for you, 1970s small town. Bravo. If you look at films like this and like Black Christmas, they do let their female protagonist be established and have agency in their character. It's really nice to see that she's so cool about it. Mm -hmm. No shaming involved with that. If I had kids, she could teach him. Oh, it yeah. would be cool. And they if I was cool. in her class, yeah. Like, <laughs> I misses. I don't know your last name. <laughs> but then her, her, so you establish her, the town, it's, Again, very much Amity at this point. Filled with quirky characters. A lot of great characters. And which leads us then to the second kill. And this is, again, where we have our hitchhiking French Hornist go down. <laughs> and it's so goofy because he's a goofy character. Mm -hmm. He is when, in another movie. Because when Pruneface comes He's like a out, hippie. Right? Comes out, I'm going to shove that uh, thing up your ass and you're going to be farting music. That would be awesome to fart music. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, R.J. Anderson's character literally goes, what the hell are you saying? He's just this free-loving guy that is playing his horn with nature. Do, 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 because that's ridiculously <laughs> perfect. And just making his way across the country. Again, he's in another movie that just happened its way into this one. And he's got a vivid imagination because, like, oh, that car is going to be filled with a 34-year-old single nymphomaniac. nymphomaniac. And we're going to have the time of our lives, and I'm going to be ready. Eh. Boof! <laughs> like, oh, man. Wah, wah. And that's the great thing. The fact that he already had a French horn, and then later on when they come and see the carnage. It's all just, bent. It's all bent up, and they show it, and just waiting for wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> Missed opportunity. If I ever became a director, if there was ever an opportunity to add a wah, wah, and make it fit naturally, it's going in there. You Same should, thing with a bonk. You should become kind of the Pratt Fall Goof Crew Consultant. Where if you need those kind of elements, just throw it by Genius McGee. He's got a million ideas for that. <laughs> yeah, you need a good <laughs> right there. Now, and, and maybe there was because like, okay, now film it in uh, time and a half and show it. Because there was a lot of like goof. Anytime there's that yeah. good sped up film, it's fantastic. It could but, have been Goof Crew, but it wasn't. Or Benny Hilly in it, but it was still. Well, we actually established not the Goof Crew, but the police crew behind James Brolin. And one of the officers... And it comes back to the spousal abuse arc, too. Oh, of course. It all comes back around to that, but it's brushed off. I mean, they talk about the seriousness of it, but again, the but guy ends up as a hero. a story of uh, unrequited love. Well, and that's because John Marley's character, Everett, uh, the, the lady that was being abused was his high school sweetheart. But it was John Marley himself. I was... From the second he started talking to him, I'm like, I know that guy. He's like one of those guys. And I realized 
He's actually the main guy who ends up with a horse, a severed horse in his head in the bed from The Godfather. He's a Jack Waltz. And he's the one that I, he's mentions something about a Dutch-Irish thing. It's fantastic. Uh, he's been in a lot of things, but he lends a little gravitas to a film like this because it was only, well, 72. So about a, eh, okay, about a five-year difference. But there. he's been making movies forever. He like Some of these old cats that you see, these old timers in these 70s movies, if you look at their IMDb, oh, it's like, like 150, mm-hmm. 200 films, and they're always playing cowboys or something. But that's good that they're continuously working because you see a lot of the horror stories, especially oh, yeah. back in the day, of these old-timey actors that were at the top of the game. And then... Yeah, Boom. Hollywood just nothing just you know, spits them out. Spits them no, out there yeah. you go. But it's good to see people still working, mm-hmm. and that's one good thing about genre. It's like oh, they will. Well, you never left. <laughs> you know, it's no welcome back needed. You always so. have a place at the table, mm-hmm. and that includes one Ronnie Cox. Ronnie Cox and oh. Ronnie Cox and Ronnie Cox. You know you're in for something special when Ronnie Cox is the and star mm-hmm. or like a special guest star. And I mean, I think. <laughs> Depending on your age, he has a number of entryways because I think most people know him from Deliverance mm-hmm. as Drew back in 72. Um, for us, at least I know for me, he was always the bad guy in those Verhoeven movies, mm-hmm. uh, including uh, he was uh, he was involved in um, Beverly Hills Cop, but... He always initially played a good guy. But see, I'm more familiar with his heel turn. Oh, yeah. For when he became a bad guy. So now going back in time and seeing him as the good guy, as the, like, like in some of his movies, the young, innocent cowboy mm. or and, whatever. And you're like, God, this guy grows up to be the leader of OCP. Hey, dude, you know? Ronnie Cox had one of the best heel turns since Hollywood Hogan. <laughs> Ronnie <laughs> Cox was rad, dude. Ronnie Cox, I mean, he's, again, he's one of those, like, genre favorites you don't know you love them until you actually put two and two together mm-hmm. you're like oh yep. shit i seen him in a million shit dude he's awesome and to see him actually then play sad and damaged and the one that gives a little super bit of vulnerable insight, oh it's really good because he's very reserved in this role which i really liked he's the one like in the war movies gets all religious and freaks out when shit hits the fan well and shit is hitting the fan in this small town he even mentions like there's like 10 years of quietness and then all this all of a sudden this car comes out people just just start getting murdered why didn't you tell people to stop the marching band i was like oh oh here we go if one wasn't bad enough imagine a whole fucking sousaphones and flugelspiels and all sorts of like and that parade scene very much plays like that first time where the Kittner kid gets it, and also a Pip. Everyone always forgets Pip in Jaws. That's the one, yeah, fucking justice for Pip. Fuck Galax Kittner. Like, but poor dog, he didn't deserve to die. But anyway, no, that's the one good thing about this. There's no animal violence that we see, and like, <laughs> I don't think that's funny at all. Because everybody, not saying everybody's in on the joke, but everybody on this siege attack makes it out of well not everybody there's a lot of people in danger there's a lot of horses in danger jesus christ let's talk about those poor stuntmen that got obliterated on screen <laughs> i don't think that was a stuntman i think it was a kid uh, yeah there was two instances did you get when we ran into fuck ca- them kids <laughs> oh, man, wow uh, dustin Pryor and media ruin i have no connection affiliation with that junkhead and god bless michael jordan so <laughs> no my, my deal is come on man 
Drop the goddamn trombone! Right? At some point... You're trying, trying to get away from a killer car, but you're yet yeah, you're worried about the, the, the checkout fee on your Sousa phone? In the middle of the stampede is not the time to check the spit valve. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, like, no. But the, the, a kid gets obliterated, and then oh. we had to rewind it because, like, God damn, that doesn't look like a, looks yeah, like a teenager look like a, yeah. just getting just plowed on it. And I'm That's like, one of those they probably should have cut out, is this but it was so good. Is this a films episode waiting to happen? But then you get that other guy that definitely was a stuntman. Yeah, the one that the cop. I that one looked that like it may have been cop violence in this movie. All the the majority of the deaths were cops. Well, because that the majority four, of the four town part. were cops. Cops, <laughs> cops and marching band students. <laughs> but I love the fact that both. <laughs> it was more of a Shelbyville thing. Because <laughs> the whole Over time. In- the whole time when they're talking about the first kill because they don't know there's a killer car they just think it's a fucking random hit crazy run, right? yep. there's a maniac behind the wheel and like oh no we got to check with the doctor did you check with all the the missing people in Ogdenville <laughs> and then I was like well I don't, there was nobody there did you try North Haverbrook you know killer car sounds more of a Shelbyville, Shelbyville idea and that's not a mistake because then eventually a Matt Groening, you know, project Futurama would incorporate the wear car. It is very much an homage to the car, mm-hmm. which is because even the horn too, yep. isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. So it, I'm glad then at least the Simpsons in this case didn't necessarily make you guys laugh uncontrollably during a a simian torture scene. <laughs> versus here, more appropriate, I believe. <laughs> Monsters. But we it both uh, both scenes in Jaws and the car feature a watchtower, mm-hmm. looking out for the sharks, looking out for the car, with a beautiful background. Everything in this, oh. every background shot in this movie was gorgeous. When I love the way that the film bookends from the the magic hour, you know, just before dawn, just before dusk. Oh man, it is so in that vein. The shot of Brolin under the bridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Breathtaking. Sounds like a Red Hot Chili Peppers album title, Brolin' Under the Bridge. He's looking for eggs. <laughs> he looks Crabs. good without his shirt, so he'd fit in with the Chili Peppers. Um, you also get just the the background. I mean, just the the beauty of nature. I think mm-hmm. a lot of this was shot in Utah, yeah. which makes sense. So it's authentic. And again, it's real. A lot of the films nowadays, the killer car stuff, the Fast and the Furious. It'll all be green screen. It is. It yeah. is. So the fact that they take the time for that. It really adds, I don't want to say it's another character in the movie, but it establishes a lot. It establishes the isolation. Mm-hmm. And if you find Definitely. yourself behind this thing or around it, you're you're effed. And speaking of establishing, I like the fact that the chaos carnage of scene with the marching band leads to establishing that this truly is a satanic car because it can't get on ground that has been hollowed. And, <laughs> and the fact that like the whole time, once like the teacher... She was awesome again. Um, she finally figures that out. She's just talking mad oh, shit the whole mad time. Shit. Mad shit, right? What, you won't get out of the car? What, you a bitch? I know. <laughs> Punk bitch, you ain't shit. In her own 1970s PG way. PG way. Right? But at the same time, the message is still there. The intent. She even called him a big chicken, right? You big, you big turkey. And she worked her way up to chicken shit. Chicken shit, right? Oh. <gasps> 
heavens and then finally they gave it enough time for that one other person to scamper off and run away but in the meantime the car is like oh and the car is reacting pissed 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 off pissed pissed and it's great to see the car actually you can tell the car was angry the car was acting which was pretty cool to see acting yes 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 right it's incredible it's incredible and i mean that's you got dust in there. That's good. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, I think you need the John Lovitz horn. I, do. I know you were talking about you don't want. I mean, you want the horn for the, for your truck. But, yeah, you need to do the John Lovitz one. Oh, Lord. But, yeah, you get her coming out, talking mad smack. And, again, the reactions. But then the, then cl- the town that talks smack. And she riles them up. She's, she's getting them all hyped, which leads to. One of the things I know it killed in the theater. Uh-huh. I know it has tickled you so in such a random. way. It's so random. Well, it's so PG. Yeah, it is. But because it is so chaste, it makes it even more spectacular. What does the What does the lady say? It's there? the she, same lady that was clutching her pearls earlier, at the, uh, the filthy drawing. Right? She just almost got ran over by this car multiple times, and she comes out. Cat poo! It was great. Just something about her, her angry, victorious scream of feline fecal matter was just wonderful. And now being someone that is a cat person, because it's sometimes every now and then in the you? morning when I look at it, go to clean the litter box, cat poo! <laughs> <laughs> well, all of this car chaos couldn't be possible without the person driving behind it which is a fellow by the name of Everett Creech. So stunt coordinator and the driver of the car. Mm-hmm. And holy moly, he got his start unofficially in 1943 as an uncredited stuntman on a little film called My Friend Flicka. The horse movie? It may be. It may be. 43. Oh, yeah, no, no. I've seen that because I used to watch those old-timey shit. And that's just it. He was... He's a stuntman Mike kind of guy. Uh-huh. Very much molded off that because he, he eventually, <laughs> he's fingered deep into those, or at least uh, knuckle deep. He uh, did stunts on, uh, let's see here, Dirty Harry. Ooh. Gordon's War, actually, that's a good one. Uh, here's the thing, though. Marathon Man. Oh. Is it safe? Is it safe? <laughs> no, it wasn't. You probably got that question asked a lot as being the stunt coordinator. Uh, uh, let's see here. Here it is. Six Pack, as for mentioned. <laughs> Bachelor party, <laughs> fraternity vacation. Oh no, shit! My demon lover. No shit. One crazy summer. Howard the Duck. And into '87 and beyond. My uh, near dark, but young guns <laughs> make you famous. So look, look, look. look. First power. Mm-hmm. Suburban Commando. So he has been Eve of Destruction. So he is responsible. Eve of Destruction. That movie was rad, dude. With Gregory Hines. Yes. Ba- basically. Basically, species without the aliens. So he is one of those guys that has been putting himself in danger, but obviously a good stunt coordinator. But that's someone, though, that they can establish themselves as someone that can get the job done. You know, I think it was. There was a lot of cars. Oh, yeah, there was. Especially when he was taking out the four cops and they're like, there ain't no way he's going to pass us. He does that flip. Boom, 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 boom. Decapitate. Basically turns the two patrol cars into convertibles and then just lines up, pulls up basically a Mateus with a car, (laughs) a Mateus Hughes, and just just keeps going. I'm like, God damn. I know they created a special one that would do the flip initially. 
still it's, to have somebody behind the wheel to do that that oh, takes because yeah. one degree off and everything is fucked and like i have so much more respect for stuntmen now after watching shit like stunt rock ozploitation uh, i mean again kane hotter story zoe bell yeah and her resurgence I, it's it's phenomenal that these people are finally getting kind of their because it's because of filmmakers that are fanboys that focus on that kind of stuff they know all those particular stunt people that have putting themselves in danger for our amusement and it's about time to get some kudos for it yes it's it's what makes it's movie magic in in so many different ways but that point where um with the car where you have the initial interaction in the the garage oh that, oh, was, that was a yeah that was my hell. next note yeah that was great that and, and even before that when it was uh, about to kill the <sighs> girlfriend um spoilers um when she was driving by and it just slowly silhouette past it and it just kind of creeped out of the shadows those were two moments i'm i don't know if cundy and carpenter were watching they this were late at night great epi- they were because you're like oh shit that, that car was- is scary it's a great. It's not a jump scare. It's no, well earned. It's subtle because you can miss it if you're not looking for it, which is perfect. It's almost like you remember in Insidious when the little ghost boy is hiding behind mm-hmm. the thing and she runs past the wall and you oh, don't yeah. notice. You're like, wait, oh, wait a minute, was there something that? there? Yeah. Oh, indeed. And it's very, it's very intimate in a way. It's like meeting. It's because there's that moment where they have that face off. They're looking at each other. Uh, he realizes that there, yeah, there is no one behind the wheel, and also the fact that I, I like when he's is stuck in the barn because he's like, "You ain't getting out, and I'm gonna choke the fuck out of you, man." It goes the the, the, the silent killer, yeah, the carbon monoxide. He, he doesn't just r- run over people or smash him. He doesn't rest on those two laurels. He's an official, an efficient vehicular homicide killer a method methodical mephistopheles mm-hmm. it's uh methane fueled methodical <laughs> yes, it methodical. but then it also establishes the car terrorizing the family with the sound of the engine coming straight at them and just for them with the engine like oh my god i can hear the engine and not until the last that was another great reveal because you see it far off and then the next thing you know oh okay <laughs> so that kill which is it's sadly revealed in the trailer, which is kind of a bummer. That is a bummer. Because it's... It's a great scene. It's an all-timer from the way it is framed. Like you said, you get the frame within the frame. With, then with the portrait in the frame. <laughs> the frame in the frame in the frame. The portrait. The the James Brolin portrait. It's in the theater. You heard people react going, what the- huh? Was that? Thinking about it, it's actually pretty fucking sweet. Oh, it's like, really good. Because it's a, it good, a really good painting. It's a really good painting. It captures his likeness very well. And I'm thinking if someone took the time to handcraft a beautiful portrait like that, it's for me, of me, especially like Velveteen, fucking then I know it's love. Is this love that I'm feeling? It adds to her awesomeness of the right. character but but at the same time it's fucking weird the fact that he just pan and there's a fucking the, and and then after the chaos it just lingers there it, it's it looking at them. you and it's not destroyed no. no it's just like behind a potted plant do you think it's the portrait of in this case Jory Gray yeah that's, <laughs> that's how he's survived he's passed down James 
Josh Brolin isn't Josh Brolin. It's really James Brolin. Right? It'd be great if that painting was like purple. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm thinking is it would be hilarious if the, the, the car came back and was like, man, fuck it. Kicks it over, like opens the door to knock it down. And then just like make sure it rolls around into the, like the blood or something of the of the girlfriend. And then just leaves one tread on there like, fuck you, Brolin. It's incredible because at one point... It's in the center of the screen. And it's looking at him. And you got Brolin on one Real side. Real Brolin on the left. And then painting Brolin looking down on him. And I'm like, it looks like one of those Owen Mills <laughs> one of the pictures you get in the mall where it's like, you know, graduation pictures and shit. It, it's Owen Mills a la Brian De Palma. <laughs> it's, it was bizarre. but it And the problem is, is it's funny but it's also right after it's a, sad moment a dispatching of a character we've established is really awesome. you really enjoy. Yes. You really, I'm not saying you fall for her because she's a character, but at the same time, you, you were no, like, I'm, you're like, I'm she's delightful. She's, she's the best part of the for, movie. And she's perfect for Brolin. She's cool with the family. The family is cool with her. Mm-hmm. Everything's coming to Millhouse. <laughs> and next thing you know, old Duke boys are at it again. Through her fucking house, and she's dispatched so quickly and callously, and that's what it is. It's, it's not even like he comes to add insult to injury. He's just no, like, "All right, you're done. I'm I'm through with you." <laughs> and insult to injury as he goes away. It's grand, and you grand kill, and you're you like, oh. keep on that shot for a little while. Because we all did. We all kind of giggled when it happened. But then you're like, oh. It's, it's almost per- like Mandy. Yeah. When he's like choking down the liquor and I'm like, oh, yeah, first hey, like, ha ha. And then you're like, oh. Oh. You go on a journey with the car. And the aftermath of that leads to the finale, which is just just dynamite packed in this way. Literally. Uh, uh, I see what you did there. Uh, but it, does, it does bring, again, our assorted cast of characters that have survived at this point. And Ronnie Cox. Together. <laughs> and we get a little cat and mouse. We get some, the chase scene with him on the bike mm-hmm. oh, and the car. That was great. It was awesome. There were several points where we were all like, oh, shit. Because oh. of the way it was shot. And another the, oh shit was the car explosion when he pushed the one cop car oh, off of the edge, so off the good. side of it, slowly. Slowly. And he's like, oh shit. He's looking up the thing. Okay, let's cut it out now. Oh shit. That terrifies me. Okay, so I remember one time we were driving up in Elephant Butt. And um, I think it was Montana. Okay. And no, I was like, you were yeah. driving up an elephant butt. What the? Right. Auditioning story for Ace Ventura 2? I, I think it's pronounced Boot, but at the same time, it's funnier. When yeah, it's you were probably butt. a kid, so it was elephant, elephant butt, butt yeah, right? Butt. And we're driving up this mountain to get to this little souvenir shop in elephant butt. Now, of course, I'm like five, six, so my memory of everything could be a little bit different. But I do remember that the car door opening on the thing, and as I went to try to look down to go grab it really quick, I could see that there wasn't much ground between the car mm. and the off the thing and i'm like ah and as i'm trying to f- pull the thing back because i don't want to fucking fall out and die and ever since then i've been fucking terrified of that kind of shit when like you can look over driving from the car and you just see like mountain and so gully. what you're saying is we're never going to like one of those back roads in peru <laughs> to get to like machu picchu or anything like that or we shouldn't even go in there in the first place yeah. whatever man oh no i also got hardcore shades of friedkin's sorcerer at the very end of this film too in terms of with grant page with the dynamite shit. oh my god i'm telling you i i was lucky enough i saw that in theater one 
in the front row and that crossing the bridge scene. I have never had that much anxiety before in my life. Oh, it is. It's well worth your time. It's actually got Roy Scheider in it. Oh, yeah. A bunch of character actors, but you see it as loud and large as you can. But oh, my God, it's effective. So anytime anyone is carrying around dynamite, I'm just like, well, not even dynamite. Fucking I can't even imagine like that car. Um, Like just before anytime you can look Look down and not. Yeah. I fucking hate that. And yes, kids, this was back in the 80s before child locks. Right. <laughs> and common safety features. We were probably all in the back of a truck going yeah, really exactly, quickly. Yeah, exactly, And there was probably no guardrails on the side. No. And, but instead of guardrails. And somebody was chain smoking a pack of Winstons in the front seat. And instead of guardrails, you see little crosses God. and flowers. That always <laughs> fucking. memorials. That was always fucking scared me when you're arriving on treacherous ass roads. You're like. Fuck, I'm not gonna make it. And next thing you know, you see is like a little small memorial, like fuck, dude. There's some shit down in the Ozarks, down in like you know the South Missouri, Eureka Springs, much, Arkansas yeah. has some of the twistiest and windiest roads I've ever come across. It's frightening, dude. Going down Colorado, down close by Pueblo, is fucking scary as shit. There was some dangerous ass shit in there, and I'm like, fuck. And again, this. it's a combination of the isolation. Mm-hmm. Of just the abandonment and that that feeling of helplessness. Nature, yeah. The fact that we are not kings of the d- <laughs> domain. I want to pose a question to you too. We we've been talking about the isolation and whatnot. Do you think this? I mean, because this movie's good, like mm-hmm. proper good. This isn't like we're yeah. just gushing over because it's like oh, so yeah, bad. It's, it's, uh, it's, right, it's yeah. neat. Yeah. Do you think this this movie would have worked if this was like a larger city like background, like if this was like Los Angeles or New York, Chicago, maybe? Actually, I think I don't. Th- it would be a different kind of film. I just think the. The, this lends to it being a horror film. Anything else right. that might be considered action adventure, there are different. The, I think the horror elements that are established because of this small town where nothing bad ever happens, and having this agent of chaos be introduced with no rhyme or reason, no explanation, and it's just here to cause chaos. That works differently, I think, in the big city. You grow accustomed. To that. I think people would be complacent with the killer car in the city, but here. Out there, it's just it plays different. Gotcha. I'm gonna kind of piggyback on that. I think it's gonna. I think it would definitely play different on that. But not only that, I think in the city you wouldn't have as much like. How can I describe this? Isolationist dread. Scope to see the stuff. Scope to see coming at you. Not only that, but okay. Let's say for example, like looking. Let's. Look at the movie The Host, the giant monster movie. Okay. When the giant monster comes out and he starts attacking somebody, first he's running for one person. He's like, "Oh, should I like that person better?" You know. So, but when you're so, if there's more people, if you're in a big crowd and there's a big monster or a car coming it's straight so for deliberate. you, it's not so like you know, hey, there might be a chance it might go to somebody else. But if you're out in the middle of the field and you're the only or the desert and you're the only person there and something's coming after you, it's not going to stop until it gets you. Then also, I think it wouldn't work in the city because you have things like a lot of twists, a lot of turns, one ways, traffic jams, lights, things like that. I think the traffic, not saying that like, oh, the, the if it's a killer car, it's going to obey the laws of the land. But at the same time, if it doesn't, there's too many things for it to crash into. Like if somebody's running for their lives from a killer car, they can probably hop over a bridge or maybe huck 
jump into a second floor of a building. If you're out in a field, ain't shit. You know, if you're in the first floor of a house, you're toast. Like, so, like the car three Minneapolis, the car gets a boot. <laughs> right now, if, if they made it, they remade it and called it the drone, you know, then maybe now, well, because no it, place to hide from a drone. But at the same time, the I and also isolation again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If even if it doesn't instantly kill you, if it just fucking maims you and just leaves you for dead, you're fucking gone anyway. Yeah, you're carrying for vultures at that point. Right. Yeah. At least if you're killed in the, or ran over in the city, right? And the car somebody long might long, come somebody help you. Somebody might, might yeah. come. Might come. You know, so your odds are better for a killer car. Now, throwing that agent of chaos in the city, if they're small, I think it only works if they're small or if they're large for chaos to work in the city. That's like fair. we're talking small cars like a Mini Cooper's running no, people no, down. No, no, critters no, or I'm kaijus. Just- that's fair. Yeah. That works. That works. Now, that being said, because we are out uh, in isolation, we are able to employ the way they end up ultimately taking out the car. Very um, Tremors-esque. Very much Tremors-esque. In fact, again, I'm not, I am not. wouldn't be shocked if they were a fan of that. But it's the final honk, 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 the explosion, and the reveal. And the first time I watched it, when that reveal comes about of what's in the fire, I cheesied and grinned. I'm pretty sure I applauded by myself with no one around in my basement. The Rorschach hellfire. Yeah. yeah well, see what yes, you want to see. Yes. Oh, it's it's slick. Look, I, it's I slick because I'm not, not going to lie, though. This time I did see a schooner. <laughs> and that's the great thing about it. Yeah, because it's, it's not defined. No, it's just kind of like you audience. What demonic presence do you see, right? It's perfect. It works so well. And then the fact that at the end, that honk, 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 almost is cheer-worthy. Because mm-hmm. even though evil is vanquished, everything is done, credits, lights dim, boom. But that brief second when it's dark, honk, <laughs> honk, 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 and you're like, yeah! And it should be noted that apparently does spell out X in Morse code. X? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I get bring to that what Maybe you will. Pearls driving it. <laughs> like no. we're talking the letter X, the letter X in Morse code. So apparently. we're like bringing back some like Howard Hawks, like original Scarface, nineteen thirty-two type of thing, where like the X signifies when somebody's gonna die. Possibly. Ooh, I like that. Maybe. X's in the eyes. Yeah. I dig it. I dig it again. Yeah. The baggage you bring. <laughs> I just watch a lot of gangster. Well, maybe films. it's just a very <laughs> sinister tone. You know, that bomb, 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 bomb. Because I'm like, telling you, I got to find that horn tone. It's rad. That's what we need on Media Rewind. So we'll have the bomb, 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 and the bam, 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 bam. So. <laughs> well, it should be noted there is a sequel to this film. Came out in 2017 or 2019. Yeah, it's called Cars, right? It's called. <laughs> that would be a little Maynard. bit different. Yeah. Maynard going on a massacre. Maynard running people down. Ha ha cool. Hi, 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 y'all. Hey. Oh, that, that's some fan fiction that needs With to be written. Owen it, Wilson. It exists out there run, somewhere. I'm gonna run people over because I'm Satanistic. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> now so I really dumb. don't want to watch the sequel. It can't match whatever this little <laughs> whatever like, this nonsensical yeah, chicanery this, is. This Pixar adjacent universe <laughs> is. <laughs> But as Genius pointed out, apparently Ronnie Cox is was involved with it. Mm-hmm. And from what I've heard, it might be worthy of a watch just 
And I will say if this is anything on Patreon, and I've seen that for me, <laughs> but I kind of feel like I need to watch it just because of the following that this film has provided. And if Ronnie Cox is, with it, might as well. I need mean, to do it just to be a completion. Let me ask you this. Yeah, I was going to say, as long as it's 90 minutes or less, I'm all in. <laughs> I'm trying so, to find out how long it is, actually. It's called The Road to Revenge. Ooh. The Road to Revenge. What, what is that runtime, my friend? Runtime is... Yeah, it's, it should be right around there, somewhere right around the tops. You're doing it wrong. I'm on wrong, the end. wrong, wrong. <laughs> well, as Genius is looking that up, um, final thoughts here as we wrap up our episode on the car. One hour, 29 minutes. Ah, there it is. And there it is. The, uh, synopsis. Oh, I, I know. Don't give me the synopsis. I want to go in blind. Spoiler free. Yeah. I like going in blind, oh. as blind as I can because I want to have the, the casting surprises, have the Rick Dalton moments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I will watch this eventually. I will watch this eventually. Uh, final thoughts, Genius? This is an entertaining movie. This movie works great on a solo watch, but I think it would work better with a crowd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, we, it works on the TV. It works well at the home. I think because it's short, it's mean, it's fun. It's it's not super, super serious, but it's not super goofy comedy. It's just almost a four-wheeled creature feature. I couldn't have said it any better. Dustin? I loved it. Yep. It, it gets better every time I rewatch it. Mm-hmm. That's the mark, not of the devil, but of a good film. Now, that being said, uh, we're going to continue uh, seeing if blood flows red on the highway with next week's movie. And I don't want to give it away, but I will say we should have another special guest. So, again, thanks, Dustin, man. Thank you, guys. Always appreciate you coming up with us. So, until the next time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Uh, uh, uh.